Uh, it's time for the podcast. And you know what that means. A glass of vino, your favorite local beer, or of course, your favorite non-alcoholic bevy consumed ethically. So go on, indulge us. That's right. Leave us a review, share it with your mates, or sign up and just enjoy the no dickhead policy. Sparky Coach, energizing your business to say the least. Excuse me, sir. Is this El Clinico Magnifico? Ah, you saw our bus ad. Okay. No, I think we should probably go tropical with this thing. Uh-huh. Like sand from wall to wall. I know a great sand guy would get at a price. Yeah. Welcome good to the Sparky Coach for Podcast. The double intro. I was going to say Two good morning. Good morning or good afternoon. Where do you reckon? Good day. Good day. Good day. It's a great day. It's probably summer in Australia. Barbecue. Northern New South Wales, Southern Queensland. Barbecue's out, the cricket's on TV, the sun's sizzling, the surf is just delicious. It's six foot and offshore, as my dad would always say. It's, a, it's always six foot somewhere. Uh, we're ready to go in um, lesson four, make business simple again, make business great again, make Donald Trump great again. We'll cut that out of it. Maybe, well, maybe not. It's a controversial statement, but I tell you what's not controversial: numbers. No, no, CC number one. Oh, numbers are not controversial. You have to know your numbers back to front. We are on um, take two of numbers, I guess you would say. Originally, like the first part of numbers is part two of numbers. job costing, um, quality of bill of hours, no cost of operations. Numbers. No one back to front. And the second, I guess, back end was the front one. Yeah. Back end was the first one. And now we're talking about front end. Yeah, how it gets, how the numbers get out there. To how the, it gets communicated. And I, I was referencing, I worked for someone I might not say because they're a commercial client, well known in the industry. Um, probably say that enough. But I remember sitting with them one day and they were like, oh, will you do our maintenance? And I was like, sure. And, you know, you know, when you're like pretty giddy, you know, when you get a phone call for that job, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'm like, yes, yes. Like internal fist pumping, absolutely game changing. You two to the board. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> and then they were like, by? like, what's that noise in the background? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> dan, 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 dan. Are you doing manies? I'm like, ah. 22 inch rims buzzing. <laughs> and I go, I can't hear you. Is that Ice Cube you can do it on? <laughs> and I'm like, put your back into it. Where were we? Numbers. Yeah, oh, numbers yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and they then... they were like, yeah, and they were like, oh, um, you need to be eighty dollars an hour, and you know, Arr! ice cube turned down, Dictated getting low, too. get low, and I was like, you know, the ego in you or insecurity in you or whatever will go straight to like, get stuffed, you not ideal client, like this kind of stuff, and uh, we're big believers, a Sparky Coach. Every um every black and white scenario has fifty shades of grey. And without the, uh, I guess, <coughs> yeah, eroticness of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I mean, numbers are <laughs> sexy. Colors, still numbers sexy. Are sexy. Numbers are still sexy. Uh, so, and I remember going like, yeah, sure, we can do that. We we travel in teams, and we get eighty dollars a person. So our team rate at that point was one sixty. I'm talking, um, you know, 1984. Yeah. <laughs> in the future of 1984, the robot. That's a Starsky and Hutch quote. <laughs> um, and I remember being, um, yeah, sure, we can. We travel in teams, 80 bucks and each. And she was like, yeah, cool. And then get this. So for this particular place, what we're doing was, was interchanging faulty items. So take a wall light off, two screws out, 
same two screws back in don't even terminate it no no i'm kidding <laughs> like, but like very simple everything works all the, like everything supplies imagine fan replacements yeah. where you know the timbers there the cables there a lot of times the base is there you just unclip it clip it back in jump up we were able to charge an hour on site and an hour travel so there was two billable hours for two people um across and if you can schedule properly and this is what we always say the money's made a loss in the office but if you can schedule properly you can get done you know seven eight nine ten jobs across the day if you're traveling from i'm going to talk some southern shire language here from miranda to miranda to miranda to glymere to you know insert your local suburbs here and this is city living like rural people might not have that same luxury of of township so to speak but it's like we were able to get sometimes 10 or 12 14 billable hours in a day Whoa. that's efficiency 101 off 80 dollars an hour so perceived very low you know if someone offered you 80 bucks an hour you'd probably slap them in the face and pour a schooner over their head a schooner or something sticky <laughs> a schooner of pineapple juice or something like Ooh. imagine that over your head just the, like, all I can think of is the ants and flies just migrating. Oh, yeah. And that's what you want to happen to the person that offers you that much money. You want ants on them, bull ants biting them, potential shark, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <It's interesting. laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Over the top. Too far. But like, so what I'm trying to say is you have to know your numbers back to front. You and presentation was the key here. Our team rate was preserved. Our hourly rate was low. Or our tradie hourly rate was very low. Our apprentice hourly rate, very high. So, so it's like, obviously, preface this by saying there's no money in this job if you travel tradie only <laughs> you, you are going you're going nowhere fast but it's like that's where you've got to know all your numbers know it back to front know what you can produce know what you can produce it for and kind of um recognize what people may want to see and sometimes seeing is just an illusion it's how you uh it's how you present that's <laughs> probably what we want to really talk about is how you can present the numbers that you have got to or sorted out or, or reached, how you can present them in a quote, how you can present them in an invoice, how you can present them in an email, how you can present them verbally to come across um, with the outcome that you're looking for. And I love that story um, that you've got there, Crowe, or you just shared because it is relatable, I think. Um, one client, multiple jobs in a day can be scheduled. So you're working for the same client the whole day and that, the cost is then shared basically across the whole day because you're not trying to move on to another client, some travel time or something like that. It's just literally basically two hour minimum for two people charged for every job. And you think about it, if you're doing the five jobs in the same suburb, it's minimal driving. So immediately you've got five jobs that you're probably going to get done in around about say four or five hours but you can be billing out at 10 hours and there's a chance that you probably can sneak in a job at the next suburb over and the next, and there's, there's two jobs in that suburb. So you're getting done maybe six or seven jobs in the day. Um, boys are working, boys or girls, um, the tradie, the team are working an eight hour day, but you're billing out look upwards of 10, 12 hours a day. And it's a really good, um, I think it's a forgotten mindset. I think a little bit because you've got your basically, ideal client and they're giving you a heap of work. So it's like, right, we're doing service and maintenance with client A on a Thursday and Friday. I don't know how much volume they gave you, but to begin with, it might be like, we're only doing it one day a week. Um, or you could be getting 
um, a contract with a government organization. I know you've had plenty of communication previously with other members who are like, oh, I don't know what to do in this scenario. And you've got to think, well, how many work orders are they going to be giving you? And they could be giving you up to 20 or 30 a week. So they may employ a team or two. Um, What's really interesting with, um, when you talk about the schedule, it's like the, the schedule makes you money, right? And that's, that's the, the schedule is almost in the numbers sense in my head because it's inefficiency. And if you're able to get jobs in the same building, same town, it's fantastic. And the luxury of that comes as you get bigger. I mean, scheduling is really, really hard to impossible when you've got a small team, there's less moving parts. Bigger team, I feel like it's much easier because you've got like, instead of having four people at the rough end, you could have three and one trader could come across here. That person can handle a couple of apprentices at that job. Like you can sort of pick and choose and maneuver back and forth, depending on, um, like you got more, more moving parts. You're the puppeteer and instead of controlling two, you're controlling 12. So there's a stage of your business where, um, and busyness comes into it here as well. Like if you're really busy, and you got to jump back on the tools and fit that hot water system off, right? You will just rip and tear and, and, and get that done. But the schedule becomes such an integral part of, of how to make money. And it's the sort of unforeseen part of numbers that maybe people weren't expecting and efficiency 101 there. Now, going here into, I think the most unforgotten number is the admin to field ratio hours. So this is on our calculator, we've built this in and um, just good to talk about. So. Generally speaking, you, you can handle a certain level of admin work till you'll get overwhelmed and burn out. So yeah. it's like there's only so long you can push hard for doing the big days and the big nights before the eventual, um, and it might not be a, a mental breakdown, although it could be, it could be a, um, a personal crisis, it could be a complete misquote, it could be that you overlooked a conversation or something was dangerous that happened or, um, you know, you could fall asleep. Like there's just stuff could happen or you just haven't done anything for yourself for 10 years and you've forgotten who you are, which definitely happens as well. So it's just like um, you've got to go there and you've got to be like, okay, how many site hours am I producing and how many office hours are there needed here? And generally speaking, is four to six office hours for every trade apprentice team. That's just what's going to happen. Yes. And so you will, um, so you add the general admin of yourself when you're on the tools by yourself, eight to 10 hours, probably anything over that, um, you're cooked, <laughs> like, like you're not doing your job properly or you're quoting for the wrong people, quoting big tenders at a small crew, great way to waste time. Uh, so when the administration team, and you've got to work out, okay, uh, two tradie, tradies, I reckon you're in for a 0.2 to 0.5 admin, like an admin eight to 20 hours a week. You just have to do that. And that's the unforgotten numbers where everyone looks at like charge out rates and bits and pieces. And it's like, let's go, let's go front end. Like let's put an administration person answering the phone or preparing invoices or preparing the efficiency spreadsheet or whatever. But what's your take on the, the admin release? Well, you know, obviously they're there to benefit the business. As a, as a whole, but obviously equally too, it's a cost to the business. So it's quite simple ratio that you already mentioned there. Um, but it's very easy to understand, or not very easy, but it can, I guess, forgotten sometimes to be like, well, oh, we just need an admin person, but we're not actually producing enough work in the field to cover their cost or their cost is detrimental to um, 
sort of the amount of work that we have in the field. So I think it's a real, it's sort of like a forgotten sort of area that, well, not maybe forgotten, an overlooked sort of area. And it's really important to understand that because you don't want to have them basically searching for work. So you need to identify, do I need someone who's part-time? Do I need someone who's full-time? Um, have I overworked this person now? So there's a real fine line because when you start to move into this space, they can take such a load off you as the business owner's shoulders. However, too, you also have to bear in mind that you don't want to overwork them to the extent that they're like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. This is way too much for me. They leave and then you and you're like, up. you're like, quiet, which are, which are, prepare the invoices. <laughs> then you're back to square one. And the, other, the key to this here is also a number sense is identifying what your sort of ratio of service to maintenance work is to what your project work is and then work that out in an hour sense to be like, okay, we're roughly doing, you know, um, 160 hours a week of service work that's producing X amount of generally it's one to work. three service yeah. work, three hours of site work, one hour of office work, three hours, generally so speaking, that's sort of roughly um, speaking and depending on what the structure is and what the load is, you can work that out. So it's not always a direct proportion as in the sense, okay, sweet, we're one to three for this particular person. It could be, oh no, I as the business owner am doing 25% of that load because you might still be doing a bit of the quoting, you might still be capturing the variations, like there's elements to your, you're doing it. So, you know, that, the, that the project needs to be spread. Yeah, the project presents specialised uh, knowledge usually. So the quote, let's say you got a, a 500 grand quote, that's going to take you two weeks-ish to, to prepare no, it probably. Yeah. Um, everything from takeoffs to measurements to uh, RFIs, yeah. or, you know, um, all this kind of stuff to quoting from the whole set of switchboard manufacturers. So probably two weeks to compile it um, of a specialized knowledge. Like you're not going to get Betty to compile that quote because Betty's going to be like, CC no English here. <laughs> and you're going to be like, Betty, I need you to quote this, this job up. So that's probably, no what is. <laughs> that's probably your job as a business owner. And that admin might present it, you know, 80 to 120 hours of upfront work. But now that 80 to 120 hours has netted 1,000, 2,000 hours into the business. So, and, but the, but now that one to 2,000 hours, it's always submitting now is progress payment one, progress payment two. So it's like minimal admin after the fact, maximum admin oh. before, especially considering that if your conversion rate is low, you might quote three and win one. So you just burnt 360 hours, you know? So it's like there's conversion rates interesting to talk about too, because, um, you know, I guess the big theory here is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So if you don't quote it, you can't win it. And, and you see too many people get busy and then be like, oh, I won't get back to that person. Oh, I've been there. Um, everyone's been there. Everyone's been there. I've been that person calling up, going, I'll oh, just check and I can come out tomorrow. And they're like, oh, we had that job done a month ago, <laughs> but like two months ago. Or, you know, we've all got that long list of people you've got to call back. Like it's part and parcel um, of, I guess, growth, but don't let your education of how to run a business come at, your detriment so it's like yeah you can learn everything through trial and error but the more errors you make um the more trials you got to run to you know like just be careful making too many errors if you make the wrong error at the right time so you might have a great um you might have a great client who's fantastic or it's great opportunity there and you get a couple of quotes back late or not get a couple of quotes back you could miss an opportunity um to 
to grow your business. Potential client cost of cost of relationship. What's the cost of losing the quote or winning the quote? And on this, I know we spoke about this briefly off air. Um, it's crazy because if you if you there's a if you were quiet, you would have got the quote out on time. Or if you were more organized, or you were more balanced, or you were in the right spot, you would have caught the ball. Reference the center passing to a winger, and the winger smoking a dari on the on the yeah. other trial line like yeah. he's in like he's in the right place in the football field he's in the wrong spot so you can be in the right place of growing your business meeting the clients but you can be in the wrong spot and that can be simple really simple like if you just don't get the quote back or don't respond to that or don't ask the right questions and worse still you don't ask the right questions and you still get the quote back so you've quoted it wrong <laughs> that i've been there is crazy Ex- exclude nothing yeah 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 half the job does thing. this even include anything yeah it's like, well, what are we actually doing on this job? No so, one yeah, knows. It's it's interesting numbers. Um, it's very encompassing, I guess. Um, do you run off conversion? Of do you have a check conversion? Yeah, we do. Yes, yeah, so there is a way that you can do it in Simpro. Um, I, what, do I do it regularly enough? Probably. I'm always not, interested no. in conversion because, um, you know, there's a point where one in ten is not good. No. And 10 in 10 is not good. Like 10 in, if you're converting every single job, your prices could be too low if you're starting out. But if you're 10 years in the business or you're in a niche converting 10 out of 10, you might be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. That could be fantastic. So there's so many, so much stuff that comes into the metrics. So pe- people yeah. have these like standard numbers of you've got to be converting at 70%. But it's like, what if all your, what if you're advertising on Google ads and you're getting heaps of tire kickers in and then, you know, yeah, I think it's about identifying what you're quoting and what type of work and then breaking it down into basically sectors. So you might be looking at the project work and be like, right, what are we doing in the project sense um, as a conversion rate and then looking at your service and maintenance. But you may even break your service and maintenance down a little bit more because you might be like, right, let's have a look at residential style client and then a B2B style client because there's different le- like leave and the lead source as well how you're measuring it yeah. because your project could be a hundred percent because you just work for these people and that's it and you haven't tried to get a new one on board but then you might be looking at a growth stage like hey we need to get we're, we're actively looking for some new clients so then you reach out to a number of builders or architects or project manager whatever you're looking at to get some potential um lead sources as such and then you go from quoting just everything you win to then you might end up quoting another 10 or 15 jobs a month, so to speak, depending on the size of your business, just using numbers, for example, and then that will affect the conversion rate. So I guess it's like we always say, numbers are really, really important, but there's also a little bit of gray in it as well. Plenty of gray. There's plenty of gray in there to be like, well, for the last six months, we've been trying to get more work. So with different, with new clientele, so it's not really telling the whole story because it takes time to build out that relationship like we talked about previously around the people and your clients. And equally to that, it's also really interesting with your service and maintenance style work, generally speaking, B2B, they just repeat clients. Whereas your resi clients, they come along not as often as your business um, clients do. So you might be quoting a lot of residential work, but the conversion rate's a little bit lower, but then on that too, you might be doing a lot of residential work and then picking up other work while you're there. Say like you might be getting a switchboard upgrade done there or they might be like, oh, hey, we're doing, um, we need some fans now as well while you're here. Um, Jimmy was really good, thanks. So you're sending that and it's already a slam dunk 
um, you know, it might have been done on, it might not be able to get done on site because the day was already um, jam-packed as it was. So then it doesn't really tell the full story and how you're tracking them. So there's lots of, lots to the, the numbers world um, in regards to obviously conversion rate. There's also an interesting conversation to be had about how you're presenting your numbers to your clients in a quote format, um, which is really important because you need to understand the type of client that you're working for and what information they're looking for. Yeah, so on that, you know, and this is, I guess, the gripe with, I don't know, just, just, I guess, the coaching industry in general for me. <laughs> I'm going to go here again. But, like, you can have the most perfect-looking quote, uh, but it just you, you could have won it on a phone call. You know, so recognizing if the clients give you a bunch of work before previous relationships, well, what do they need to see? Scope. What do they not care about? Um, they know how many staff you have. They know the kind of job you do. They know um, the kind of work you do. They just want to work with you. And all we're going to, they don't want to sift through seven pages of company information and in terms and conditions to get to the scope. It could have just been a, here's the scope, here's the cost. We're going to do it on Wednesday afternoon. So it's like you've got to identify um, those a lot. Like you, you treat a long-term friend quite different to you probably treat uh, someone you met in the first two months or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like the different element of relationship and what's expected and, and they know you and they know how you operate. So it's like you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. You can have the prettiest, sexiest-looking quote and lose a job um because the communication was out the time was wrong it was, late. It was yeah, the, <laughs> the quote was late the price was too high yeah. or it just didn't need to be so it didn't complicated it didn't make sense it was too jargon so big thing in the keep it simple 2024 just keep your quoting simple simple, yeah. simple is best make sure it's clear what's excluded clear what's included um just just make it make the layout really simple and don't ever think what your clients after so you may have a long-term client and they just literally want to know the bottom line. It's like this is what we're getting, this is what we're including, this is what we're not excluding. How much is going to be? They just want to see what the total value is. You may have another client who's like uh, who, in a project sense, um, they're after a bit of a breakdown of it in sections because they need to present to the client um, a couple of sections which are a possibility. So that they they might be like the pool house is a possibility and the back shed mains are a possibility. It's just where their budget fits. So they need to understand a bit of a summary of the cost so they can present that to the client. And equally too, on, on in a service and maintenance sense, you need to understand the client that you're working for. How much information is too much information? Because sometimes in a B2B style customer, they're just literally passing on the cost to whoever the person who makes the decision. So they don't need to know that, um, you know, this costs $5.50 and this costs $250. They just want a bottom line cost. So they can present it to them or they might want options. So option A, B, C, D, and these are the different ways that you can go about it. Where I always found with the residential style client, the best way to present to them is just basically in a line item sense of a price price book item, as we sort of call it here at Sparky Coach, where it's just like, you want that light fitting installed? It's the labor, it's the material, this is the total cost of it. There's not a breakdown of it, it's just $150 and that's what it's going to be. And really easy for the client to then go through the 10 items they requested to be quoted and be like, oh, hey, that's a little bit more than we thought it was going to be. We're going to remove these two items from it. Can you still get the others done? Whereas if you just presented them a lump sum price, they would just look at it and be like, what's well, out of our budget and we're going to go with the other guy. Um, or the other option. Whereas, if by giving them that summary or breakdown of it, you've now you've given the opportunity. Sorry, you've given the 
customer the opportunity of making the decision for you based on providing all the information here. So really important, I think, how you're presenting. Yeah, and on your price work, this, I guess this is knowing your numbers back to front. Like if you've got 20 items in a quote and three are really profitable and 17 are like, uh, and the client turns around and goes, oh, yeah, we'll take these three out. <laughs> He's like, again, no, no, you can't. You can't take them out. So I guess just um, the importance of knowing your price book. And, and I dare say everyone's price book is probably correct on lighting replacement, PowerPoint replacement, lighting install, PowerPoint install, uh, switchboard upgrades, probably pretty good. Pretty and lo- pretty much every single other item well, not every single, but that, like the the major ten are probably correct. You're probably losing money on the ten to fifty reasonably common ones, and this is where job costing comes massively into it. Do you know um, what's doing well for you? Do you know what's not doing well for you? And this is where job costing and measuring, um, where you've got to have some element of responsibility to check the day. So if you you might have uh, you might achieve one hundred and twenty percent efficient. Today. let's say 100% efficient today. And it says eight, I quoted for eight hours, did it in eight hours. And that's cool. But maybe two or three items in the price book today saved you. Maybe there was 10 items, seven were quoted, you know, five were quoted okay, two or three were quoted really, really poorly, and two or three, there was a lot of fat in it. So it's like, okay, sweet. So across the day, we look good, but across the across individual items, and very, very hard to measure on a large scale. Like if you're talking about measuring cost centers on a project rough in, I think you can't do it. Like trying to split lighting from power, trying to split like data from TV or whatever. So hard to measure. So hard when you're throwing a bunch of things in and doing a whole lot of stuff across the day. But like across the, the smaller ones, you've got to check what's working, what's not working. And you've got to make sure that it's presented, your quote's presented in a way that's under, that people can understand, invoicing as well. The invoicing, the carpet must match the drapes. We say this a lot, but like if the invoice is five grand, it has to be like, oh, five grand, exactly what they said. 10 grand, exactly what they said. And the layout of the invoice is so important. It's gotta be simple, it's gotta be easy to read. And if it's cost plus, which a lot of jobs are cost plus, the job description must match the, the, the hours spent yeah. must match the final number because it's like you just reference, you know, there's certain things you can get away with, like 60 meters of cable tray, roughing cable tray. Sweet. That's obviously three days worth of work there. Um, but if it was like, you know, if it was something different, like fault finding $800 bill, you can't just write fault find. <laughs> Re- <laughs> reset RCD. You know, that that's the carpet must match the drapes. And I think that's the most forgotten art. The, just making the invoice clear, making it concise, making it to the point, and making it very simple for everyone to understand. And just to highlight this, if there's a problem with the invoice you're sending and the client's got an issue, there's a problem with the process every day of the week. Something was not communicated properly. What went wrong? How do you fix it? And the problem's always going to come back to the number. Let's, yes. let's just reflect, let's just make that really clear. The price, the number that's on there is going to be the issue because there's either not enough detail in the description or hasn't been communicated correctly in that sense. So I think it's really, really important to identify the numbers that keep the company ticking along. Um, how you present those numbers is equally as important, but also bear in mind, how can we simplistically uh, identify these numbers and how they can be presented. So it could be in the sense of a quote, how can we make this as simple as possible for us? It could be identifying, hey, 
how many hours a week are we spending on administration? By monitoring that in a really simplistic way, it may paint the picture that, hey, we need to um, make a hire here. Or it could be like, how many billable hours are we having per, or sorry, how many hours per week are we working versus how many are we billing out versus how much time we're actually spending in admin time? Admin time. Is it directly proportional with where it needs to be sitting? So I think focus on those, you've got the number now, focus on how you can simply put it across in a digestible sense uh, for your clientele. Yeah, and I guess speaking to the other side of it, this is my wrap up, that most of us will need to hire an admin and you're on like, you're too late. But there's a point where another admin won't help you. You can get an operations manager too early, you can get too many you get too many admin people, you can get a BDM too early, you get a salesperson too early. And there's a point where you might've released yourself from the business and be on the south of France, but hey, there's no money to pay for the mojito, you know, or the return flight home. So it's like, you can actually push your admin team to a point where it's too top heavy and, and like, and you cannot actually cover that. You have to charge an ungodly rate, puts you out of the market or what you used to charge isn't relevant anymore because you've overcooked your admin team. So watch that, watch, um, watch it, watch releasing it too late, but also watch releasing it too much because there's no point having an automated business if there's no dollar bill y'all at the end of it. <laughs> Plenty of heaps of time, no money. All right. Crazy. You might as well be unemployed at that point be easier fair point yeah all right happy uh front end numbersing yeah front, front end numbering we'll see you soon cheers